August 1877, President Rutherford B. Hayes visited our area. His father was from West Brattleboro, and his mother was from Wilmington. While on his swing through Vermont, Hayes stayed at his grandparents' home in West Brattleboro and visited his uncle in Newfane. The West Brattleboro home was known as the Hayes Tavern and had originally been built in 1790. The sprawling house stood where the West Brattleboro Post Office is now located. The building was taken down in 1960 when Route 9 was straightened out. Hayes and his family stayed at the house on August 17, 1877. Rutherford B. Hayes had been chosen president in 1877. It would be disingenuous to say he was elected. Hayes, a Republican, ran against Samuel Tilden, a Democrat. In 1876, Tilden gained 50.9% of the vote, while Hayes gathered in 47.9%. The election took place during the tail end of Reconstruction, and there were electoral college disputes in four states, Florida, Louisiana, South Carolina, and Oregon. In these states, there was widespread evidence of voter fraud and suppression. African Americans were refused ballots in many southern states, while South Carolina had 101% of their eligible voters cast ballots in the election. With so much distrust over the election results, the United States Congress decided to investigate the presidential election. In January 1877, the U.S. Congress passed a law establishing a 15-member electoral commission which would investigate the claims of election fraud and suppression. The commission was made up of five members from the House, five from the Senate, and five from the Supreme Court. The commission's task was to look at the election evidence, determine who should be awarded the disputed electoral college votes, and then declare the next president. After a month of investigation and debate, the electoral commission awarded Hayes 185 electoral votes and Tilden 184. The commission declared Hayes the winner on March 2nd, and he was privately sworn in as president on March 3rd, 1877. It was reported that a compromise was reached between Democrats and Republicans concerning the election results. While voter irregularities were being investigated, the two sides came to an agreement that Hayes would win if he agreed to pull the last remaining federal troops out of southern states and ended the policies of Reconstruction. Reconstruction was a time after the Civil War when the federal government attempted to create and protect the rights of African Americans in the United States. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were passed. These abolished slavery and established citizenship for formerly enslaved people. They also created equal legal protections and promised that all men, regardless of race, could vote in elections. The Freedmen's Bureau was established to monitor these rights in the former Confederate states, and federal troops were stationed in the South to enforce these new constitutional amendments. Laws were also passed to enforce the new amendments and limit the political participation of former Confederate officials. Reconstruction policies ran into problems which eventually led to their collapse. Andrew Johnson took Abraham Lincoln's place as president after the assassination. Johnson was from Tennessee and proved sympathetic to the former Confederate states. He vetoed legislation designed to protect African American rights. This led to the election of Ulysses S. Grant. He was in favor of Reconstruction, but was not a good executive. Under his administration, robber barons became rich while weakening the foundations of the U.S. economy. People like Brattleboro's Jim Fisk destabilized the U.S. stock market for personal gain and conned others to overinvest in the railroads. Economic uncertainty during Grant's years in office led to the Panic of 1873. At the time, many called it the Great Depression. Banks failed, the stock market crashed, people lost faith in U.S. currency, and, as wages were cut, workers across the country went on strike. 
the depression lasted for more than five years. All of these things occurred under the leadership of Ulysses S. Grant, a Republican president. Meanwhile, the Ku Klux Klan formed to fight against Reconstruction, African Americans, and equal rights. The Klan intimidated, suppressed, and killed African Americans who attempted to practice their newly gained rights. Southern Democrats worked with white supremacist groups to regain political and economic power through violence, murder, and mayhem. As the economy struggled, people in the South and the North lost faith in Republicans and began electing Democrats. In 1874, the Democratic Party gained control of the House of Representatives, and in 1876, they gained control of the U.S. Senate. It was during this loss of faith in the federal government that Rutherford B. Hayes became president. One of his first acts was to begin his Southern policy. This meant continuing the withdrawal of federal troops from ex-Confederate states begun by former President Grant. It also meant restoring home rule to Southern states and abandoning the support to African Americans provided by the Freedmen's Bureau. Additionally, Hayes thought he could win over Southern Democrats by stabilizing the economy and appointing them to political posts in the executive branch of government. His Southern policy abandoned federal protection of African Americans. In August 1877, Hayes was welcomed warmly during his visit in Brattleboro. His first night, the Hayes family stayed at the Brooks House. On the second night, the family slept over at the Hayes Tavern. The Vermont Phoenix reported, in anticipation of the president's visit, several large flags had been flown across Main Street at various points. Many of the business blocks were decorated with lines of smaller flags, and considerable number of private residences bore the national colors, giving the town an appropriate gala day appearance. The Brooks House parlors and corridors were handsomely decorated with national flags, cut flowers, and greenhouse plants for the evening's reception. The president and Mrs. Hayes arrived from West Brattleboro and entered the parlors very soon after 8 o'clock, the fact of their arrival being announced to the dense crowds which filled the streets below by the music of the band, which from the Brooks House balcony at the moment of the entrance of the president struck up, Hail to the Chief. On the day of President Hayes' departure, he shared these words while at the train station. No language is too warm or too strong to express my gratitude for the cordial reception which you have given me and my family in Brattleboro. My family, or rather the Hayes family, came to Brattleboro about a hundred years ago. I do not know the exact date. My grandfather was a blacksmith, the only one here, I think, when he came, and the people welcomed him cordially, as they always do so important a personage as the village blacksmith in a newly settled community. Every one of the Hayes family, scattered as we are throughout the country, have most agreeable recollections of Brattleboro. I thank you cordially for what you have done, for there are few dearer spots for me than this. My father left here 60 years ago next month and moved to Ohio, where I was born, but my older brother and sister were born here. When a boy of 11 years, 43 years ago, I first came to this place on a visit to my Uncle John, who then lived in this village. During my visit, I walked over the very road by which I rode this morning, and from the very house where I slept last night. The place was beautiful then. There have been many changes since, but the beauty continues and has been enhanced. I hope the beauty and prosperity of Brattleboro will continue to increase and I hope that again and often I shall come hither to meet you. A little over a year later, in November 1878, Rutherford B. Hayes told the Washington National Republican newspaper, I am reluctantly forced to admit that the Southern policy experiment was a failure. For the next 90 years, the promises of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments would go unfulfilled. 
segregation, systemic discrimination, and voter suppression would dominate the U.S. political landscape until the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965. Please join us next week for another story from our community's past. 